Listener supported. WNYC Studios. I'm Carrie Nolan. It's Monday, November 28th, and time for WQXR's Washington Report Online. Joining us now, as he does every Monday, is David Sanger, Chief Washington Correspondent for The New York Times. Good morning, David. Morning, Carrie. David, it's been a big week in the Arab world. In Egypt, protesters retook Cairo's Tahrir Square ahead of today's elections, fearing that the military won't give up power. Syria has been sanctioned by the Arab League for killing thousands of protesters, which was unimaginable a few months ago. The president of Yemen stepped down, and the Libyans formed a government. So let's start with Egypt. Will the elections today resolve the standoff with the military? No, Kerry, uh, the elections won't. I think the good news is that the elections are happening, and so far at least people are lining up peacefully at the polls. But the underlying problems here are pretty huge. First, the, the military, as you said, has made clear that no matter what the outcome and no matter what constitution is drafted uh, next year, it does not plan to give up its authority or its role. It wants to decide its own budgets. It doesn't want to be answerable to a civilian government. And second, there's every reason to believe that the Muslim Brotherhood, the Islamist party that was kept down under President Mubarak, will do particularly well in these elections because they're the most organized. And some fear that could be a pretext for the military to intervene in the name of preserving a secular state. The Muslim Brotherhood was the only group that didn't go out and protest last week in Tahrir Square. And finally, the election system they're using today is so convoluted that no one in Egypt seems to really understand it. Syria has always considered itself the center of the heart of Arabism, so the sanctions put on it by the Arab League are a symbolic shock, but will they do real damage? Well, they could, Kerry. You know, about half of Syria's trade is with other Arab countries, so this will hurt. But Iran uh, views Syria as vitally important, and it'll try to make up the difference, and perhaps Russia will, too. You know, it's surprising that President Assad thought that he could push the Arab League this way, sign ceasefire agreements with them, and then go ahead and continue to put down the rebellion as brutally as he has been for much of the year. President Saleh of Yemen promised last week again to step down after 33 years, but the demonstrations haven't stopped, in part because of a deal to grant him immunity. How close is Yemen to collapse? Well, there are a lot of people who believe that if you look around the Arab world and you try to identify a country that could implode in the next uh, few months. In other words, a country where the tribes would simply um, be able to destroy whatever was left of a central government. Yemen's it. That's a concern to the United States because, of course, al-Qaeda is still in uh, Yemen, and President Saleh, while an autocrat, has been extraordinarily helpful in combating them. I think the big question for the White House is, can they continue combating al-Qaeda even if Saleh is truly gone this time, and it's not really clear that he is. Um, Yemen, though, is one of the countries over which the U.S. has the least amount of control. Apart from Libya, President Obama has been careful not to be seen intervening heavily. Do you see a clear American strategy for this phase of the Arab Spring? You know, Kerry, I see a number of tactics, but I'm not sure I'd say a broad strategy, and I'm not sure one is possible. You know, in every one of the 22 Arab states, there's a different problem playing out. Some have gone well, like Tunisia. Some started well and are now taking an ugly turn, like Egypt. Some have been ugly from the start, like uh, Yemen and certainly Syria. So the president's been trying to craft a separate policy for each of them. 
But his big problem right now is really a lack of influence. He's concerned that he not appear to be trying to pull the strings, and that's understandable. But there's also not very much aid money out there for him to dangle in front of countries that pull this off well. Thanks a lot, David. Thank you, Kerry. New York Times Chief Washington Correspondent David Sanger. I'm Kerry Nolan, and that's The Washington Report on Classical 105.9 FM, WQXR.